What things from Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key should make it into Kingdom Hearts 3? We talk about that and much more in this exciting episode of Kingdom Hearts Union! Hi everyone, and welcome to the 95th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. And Sabrina! Hello. We're all together. Yay. Yay. It's been a while. Sabi, you I just know. graduated. I just graduated. I haven't been on for a couple episodes because I was finishing all my assignments. Hey, Yay. that's what's most Yay. important, so you got it. Yeah, exactly. So if you're wondering where Sabi was, that's where she was. I was at, at school. school. Stay in school. Stay in school. your undergrad and get your degree. That's and, then, and then go did. back and get your master's and your PhD. Then you'll be on exactly. top of the world. Well, I don't know if I'm going to get a PhD, but we'll see. <laughs> anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. Alrighty, we have a three-segment show today. Uh, first, we have our news segment where we have a lot of a lot of news that came out of absolutely nowhere, but we'll talk about it for sure because it's all interesting. Uh, second, we have our featured discussion. Uh, we're going to talk about things that we like from Kingdom Hearts Key, Unchained Key specifically, that should be in Kingdom Hearts 3, or at least we think would make a lot of sense in Kingdom Hearts 3. And then finally, we have our question segment in the way of announcements. As always, if you guys like the show and you want us to improve, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Just pledge a dollar and get access to a whole other show called Please Be Excited. Only Patreon members can get access to that. So if you want access to that, go there, give us a dollar at least, and you get access to that. That's awesome. It feels, like, <laughs> it feels so accessible. I love it. It's only a dollar. Uh, our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Christian Burge, William Trengrove, who is at Varnish the Azure on Twitter. We have Tiger Crane, who is at Powpoo Milkshake. Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero. Skylar Loveless. Josh McNabb, who is at JKK9. Uh, we have Nico. Oh, uh, it's Gun- J2K9. J2K9, at J2K9. Josh McNabb. Go follow him. Uh, we have Nico Gonzalez, who is at Nick underscore Knack 95, and uh, Clay Kolo, who is at Super Nendo. And sure, if you want to take these next ones. Next, we have Michael Graham, Chris Volant, who's at Moosehead Studio, Harley Crawley, who's at Dark ZT Okami, Peter Lamb, Doran Bolin, Alex Chapman, who's at Kira Namjin, Manning Franks, at Like underscore Peyton. Keith Field at the Mighty Keith. And then, uh, uh, yeah. I'll take the rest. Savvy, take uh, the next. <laughs> uh, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Joni Oja at Decor for Life. Di- di- decor for Life, sorry. Mohammed um, Quayam. Genesis Alejandro at Junisan7. Zelda Clone at a pestine pen novels and lastly zachariah McAllister. there we go all right so 
Uh, also, if you guys want to be a part of the show, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Uh, your questions inform us what you guys want us to talk about, and uh, we put you and feature you in the question segment, and we've got some really great ones today, so stick around for that. Uh, our Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive stream is going live this Saturday, as, as it does every other Saturday, at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, uh, so May 7th, uh, we're going to be streaming Twitch TV slash Union. We are... And knock on wood, I'm not going to actually do that, but in theory, knock on theoretical wood, we are going to be finishing Kingdom Hearts Final Mix this Saturday, May 7th. <laughs> I'm saying that now so that we actually do it. I'm scared, personally. Girls are watching, Brandon. It's... Wait, where are we right now? So we have just finished up Hollow Bastion. Okay. And uh, so here's how it's working. So I'm trying to get us ready so that by the time we get started, we're going to be playing and all the requirements for Deep Dive are already met. That's that's my goal. I've gotten all the puppies. I've gotten all the trinities. I have finished the Hades Cup. So, uh, and Look we've locked you. all the worlds. So as far as I understand, that is all that is required for uh, Deep Dive. However, um, I'm going to try, maybe, to see if we're going to be able to beat Sephiroth or Xemnas or both or neither. I don't know. I'll at least try them because I was trying. Um, Kurt Ziza. I, I tried Kurt Ziza and Phantom and those didn't go well. Oh, really? Uh, oh, no. Proud Mode's <laughs> tough. And yeah, man. I was definitely not properly leveled i can get us to level 99 that's probably not impossible but i don't know at, at some point at some point you know leveling up doesn't help so we'll see if if we'll be ready enough either way we'll be seeing the cutscenes associated with both those encounters Ooh. uh and we'll definitely play through the ending and we're at the very least we're seeing deep dive i've already unlocked that now what that does mean unfortunately is no we won't be seeing the hades cup uh, unfortunately, the Hades Cup is just too long. Like, literally, that is a solid, like, two hours, and there's no, almost no story in it. Uh, the only story you get to see is when you fight Hades himself. There's a little cutscene before, a little cutscene after. It's nothing really all that important, to be honest. We did watch the important cutscene from Olympus Coliseum, which is Sora locking the actual keyhole there. We saw that, like, two live streams ago. So... That's already been taken care of. That's really all that is necessary as far as the story is concerned for Olympus Coliseum. So I'm sorry that we won't be able to show that, but that's what happened with the Hades Cup. So at the very least, we're going to be knocking out End of the World. I'll give a good college try to uh, Unknown, and uh, we'll watch Lance Bass kick my grass <laughs> also. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, wow. I'm trying to keep it safe. We've got preschool toys watching this show. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, this Saturday, May 7th, 7 p.m., be there or be Square Enix, Twitch TV slash Union. We will be completing Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, and we will be watching our namesake, Deep Dive, for sure. Yay. Moving on Woo. to our first segment, which is the news segment. Yeah, hey, uh, we have so news. We ha- we have a lot of news. So uh, <laughs> first first things first, something I want to talk about, which I just, 
it's not really news, but I think it, oh man, I just love this so much. So the Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key development staff released a released a little video, sort of like uh, showing off uh, or, or basically welcoming the Kingdom Hearts fans, introducing Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key. Uh, there's a little message from Nomura in it, but it had a lot of development video in it, which I thought was super cool. Very interesting for me, particularly to see what tools they're using. Uh, a lot of Adobe software. That, that's all I'll say. You got, got your Photoshop, you got your Flash, all represented in uh, in their development video, which is pretty cool. But uh, if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. It's super cute. It, the Unchained Key uh, introduction slash development video. Uh, the art is super cool. And it's also interesting because you get to see how at least one of the Heartless that they're making for Unchained Key, how they were using actually Kingdom Hearts 1 art for reference. They had uh, they were basically uh, painting uh, an image of a flying type Heartless that was like a human humanoid in form. And they had in another window on the same uh, display... Uh, it was clear that she was also looking at the gargoyle from Kingdom Hearts 1 for reference. So I thought that's pretty cool that while they are designing new Heartless for Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, they are informed by the old Heartless from, you know, as far back as Kingdom Hearts 1. So I thought that was super awesome. All right, so moving on to the big news, the real news. Kingdom Hearts concerts are a thing now. Whoa, official ones. So, uh... If you were living under a rock and you didn't know, two different concert series were announced for Kingdom Hearts. Uh, for Kingdom Hearts, the series. Um, so first one is Kingdom Hearts First Breath, and the, the other one is called Kingdom Hearts World Tour. Uh, so some. So first, let's talk about First Breath since that is uh, what's coming up first. So Kingdom Hearts First Breath is a special type of concert. There's only going to be three of them, as far as we can tell. And they're doing very a very interesting arrangement that's different from World Tour. So this is going to be done by a symphonic band, which those who don't know are uh, wind instruments. So it's a basically a wind orchestra, you could think of it as. So no strings. As far as I understand, you might see a guitar, maybe. But, you know, we're dealing with primarily brass uh flutes uh woodwind that sort of stuff oboes all that stuff uh shimamura san was in her message about this was talking about her uh her life in high school where she played the flute and actually conducted a symphonic band and that sort of was the inspiration so if you're wondering why it was called first breath the first comes from the fact that this is going to be the first Kingdom Hearts uh, concerts that, you know, first official Kingdom Hearts concerts. And the breath part of it comes from the fact that this is uh, wood or, or, or wind instruments. So you can almost think of it as Kingdom Hearts rhythmic breathing concert. Rhythmic breathing into metal objects concert. Because <laughs> that's, that's basically what they're doing. Put that, put that on the, put that on the poster. Kingdom Hearts, rhythmic breathing, the the concert. Uh, so uh, another important thing to note is that these concerts are exclusive to Japan. Uh, there's going to be uh, three, uh, as far as we know. Uh, the first one's going to be in Nagoya or Tokyo. Then the second one's going to be in Nagoya, and then the last one's going to be in Osaka. So if you're lucky enough and quick enough, you can get in the lottery 
and put in all your information and uh, you know maybe get the chance to buy one of these. I'm not a fan of this whole lottery thing, but I don't know. I guess that I guess that's the way they do things in Japan. I like first come first serve. So next I want to talk about is a little message that Nomura gave uh, when it comes to the this particular concert series. So <clears throat> until now, uh, Japan and overseas, a concert will be held for Kingdom Hearts music. By the way, this is more of a literal translation, so bear with me. This time, we will be able to hold the world's first official Kingdom Hearts concert. The first year will be made of a symphonic band called First Breath. Please come and see this first memorable commemoration for the world. I think you'll enjoy the First Breath when the concert plays for Kingdom Hearts 2.8 and Kingdom Hearts 3. Also, on the go, and while you're waiting, I am very happy Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key has been popularly received. So, Aww. Aww. Uh, a, little, a little hard to decipher, but let's see if we can uh, dissect it a little bit. So, um, so Kingdom Hearts First Breath, First Concert, obvious. Uh, but some, something interesting that I took from this is I think you'll enjoy the First Breath when the concert plays for Kingdom Hearts 2.8 and Kingdom Hearts 3. I don't know, because this is, you know, very much a literal translation. I don't know if he's saying what I'm thinking he's saying, but is that, does that mean there's going to be Kingdom Hearts 2.8? I think he's just implying music? that... I think he's just implying for the releases of... Yeah, it's for the releases of... That's, a, that's what I'll take it as, but... Well, yeah. like, I, don't think, that. I don't think Nomura's going to want to be playing 2.8 and 3 music when the game's not even out. Well, 2.8 music might be fair game because it's coming out so soon. So I, I could maybe see 2.8. That would be my, my biggest... Uh, if I was going to bet that's on a, one thing, I would prediction. say 2.8. But I wouldn't bet on 3. 3 is too early. Like, they, could, they could do something where it's kind of like the first time anyone's going to hear anything from Kingdom Hearts 3. They it could. Would be yeah. It's always a possibility. But it's this is Square Enix we're yeah. talking about, though. Because like, you got to remember when um, Dissidia was coming out, they wanted, originally wanted to have Lightning in it, but the Final Fantasy thirteen wasn't released, so they never had her until after they put her in a Dissidia Duodecim. Yeah. So, so I mean, it could be, it could be in anything, but... Uh, at the very least, you'll be hearing music that will probably be featured in uh, in back cover because I, I would imagine they're going to play some Daybreak Town music, you know, from Unchained Key Live. And that music will, I mean, not that recording of that music, but I'm, sh- I'm sure we will hear Daybreak Town music in 2.8 somewhere, uh, particularly in back cover. So you'll you'll hear music that you'll probably hear in 2.8. You know, if only for the fact that Unchained Key has been out for a year, or Kingdom Hearts Key has been out for a long time, and Day of Breakdown music has been, you know, a thing for a while. So I think we'll probably hear at least some Day of Breakdown music there. Uh, so next thing, uh, Kingdom Hearts World Tour, which is probably more interesting to most of you. Uh, yes. So Kingdom Hearts World Tour, as the name indicates, unlike first breath will be a world tour they're touring all over the world and also it's not just a window orchestra it's actually a full orchestra so we're talking strings we're talking percussion we're talking uh electric guitar that's just me guessing it's probably not electric guitar (laughs) but if it was video game orchestra they would totally do that sort of thing but so full orchestra that's awesome they're going to be touring the world uh starting in tokyo then they're going to france and the UK, 
then Singapore, China, then they're going to LA and New York City. And uh, the LA one sounds like it's going to be around E3 time. So that might have interesting implications as to mm-hmm. what they're going to be hyping around E3 20. Oh, by the way, th- these these tour dates are for next year. That's the other thing to, to important that I should mention. Kingdom Hearts uh, First Breath is happening in August of 2016. Kingdom Hearts World Tour is starting in Tokyo in 2017 in March and goes through till June of 2017. So this is not not really kicking off properly until next year. So just to be and, clear. Uh, right now, pre-sales are on sale right now. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. you and want it, you, you have... better get started and have and... your life planned at least a year in advance. And then not only that, the actual like normal ticket sales go on sale May 14, 2016. So there you if, go. You, if you missed keep out on the pre-sale, out. then um, keep a lookout for the normal ticket sales. Yep. Exactly. So keep keep your eyes peeled. If you if any of those date if any of those locations sound like they're reasonable for you, uh, but just consider, you know, this is uh, this is for next year. So if if you're if you have anything you know going on in your life and maybe you're moving somewhere. Keep that in mind. Keep it in mind. Oh, and guess guess who got tickets? Guess who? Yeah, got you tickets? got tickets. I got tickets. Sabi got a ticket. We got Sabi tickets. Got a ticket. So we're gonna we, be there. Well, I'm going a, to New York City. So am I. I got a VIP <laughs> in New York City. I'm also hopefully planning on getting two LA show tickets. Ah, oh, that's so Ooh. awesome. So I'm I'll still be seeing the waiting. show three times. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm still waiting for more information, and I'll see what I want to do, but I definitely want to go to go to one of these concerts. Yeah. I'm just not sure when or where or what, but we'll find out soon. But we'll uh, be in next, New York City if you want to see us. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, next thing, uh, Nomura had another special message for the world tour that I think is particularly interesting. So, <clears throat> the idea of a Kingdom Hearts concert has been in the works for several years. But even so, I was astonished to learn that our music would be performed by a full orchestra, in other countries no less. I've been given the opportunity to oversee the creation of the title, logo, and many other aspects of this amazing production. And as the director of the series, I'm confident that what we've created will touch the hearts of our beloved fans everywhere. The world tour is slated for 2017, the same year as the Kingdom Hearts 15th anniversary. In the meantime, fans will get a chance to explore the world of Kingdom Hearts 2.8, which is coming out later this year. I hope the excitement and joy they get from the experience will only increase their anticipation for the release of Kingdom Hearts 3. So, prepare your tears. Prepare, yeah, prepare your tears. And <laughs> hey, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 confirmed coming by the end of the year. Awesome. Yay. Prepare Yay. your tears for that too. Yes, so, prepare your tears. Prepare your everything. tears for everything. Just be just be ready to cry, cry all the time. I'm just going to cry the moment like the release date's announced. Oh, when I yeah. get the game in my hand. When I put the disc inside my, play- my PlayStation 4. Exactly. It's going to be a whole thing. We need a we need unchained the Kingdom Hearts event where they unchain information about it being released because that would be great. Let's do another one of those Shrine Theater again, probably. 
or, or come come to my house. Do it at my house so I can actually go. Not not <laughs> I would laugh if you if you couldn't even go at your own house. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, man, <laughs> I can't even go to my own house. <laughs> somehow, somehow, I'm just got to got to pay to go in your own house. Yeah, yep. you got to pay to go to my own house. And their mom and dad are like the bouncers, and they won't let you in. Oh man, come on, mom! I need to get in. <laughs> oh man, that'd be awesome. Uh, but so, that's exciting. So yeah, Kingdom Hearts 2.8 coming at the end of the year. Uh, we definitely anticipated that. It definitely seemed like that's what they were shooting for. And when we first were talking about the leaks it last year, uh, September, it seemed like they were at least somewhat well along with Kingdom Hearts quote-unquote 2.9 as it was known back then. So uh, it's not too surprising, but it's definitely nice to finally hear it confirmed from Nomura himself that Yes, we'll have 2.8 by the end of the year. Uh, was get, I was getting a little nervous just because of the whole deal with Unchained Key, how that missed out into 2015 for uh, North America. But I'm glad to hear that this will make it. Now, we don't know if that means 2.8 will make it to North America yet because, unfortunately, uh, worldwide releases aren't a guaranteed thing like they are for for other Square Enix games. But I mean, they, they've gotten better. I mean, the closest they've definitely we've gotten seen better. was like a month, like a month yeah. apart. That's like the closest I've seen. So it could be like November for Japan and December for North America and Europe. Yep, that's definitely a possibility. So we'll just have to see. One thing that I will say, which is a, a sign for hope, is that uh, so far for every E3, they've been, you know, they, they've been good about supporting us in English. You know, they last year they had an English trailer for Kingdom Hearts three, so that's that's a pretty big deal. So, I'm um, I'm hoping that they'll continue this trend and you know work really hard to get it out in both regions uh, simultaneously or in all regions that they can possibly. Uh, so that'd be good. Uh, any other things that you wanted to talk about from the uh, Nomura message about World Tour fifteenth yeah. anniversary? That's cool. I think it's just self-explanatory. I mean, it's kind of nice for Nomura to actually go about with this because, you know, um, with, with the popularity of, like, you know, Distant Worlds and Final Sympathy for, um, you know, Final Fantasy series, you know, it's kind of nice to have Sea Kingdom Hearts finally get something like this. You know, I know fans have been saying this, wanting this for years. And yeah, really definitely. And Kingdom Hearts music has this. been played live at many events, so it feels like it it's has. sort of been it's this is sort of like a long time coming because it's been at like the first place i saw it at was play a video game symphony and oh my god oh wait play or replay because i went to replay which was play play exclamation mark this was like literally a decade old oh Uh, because i did replay like with the exclamation mark it's like symphony of heroes is what mine was I yeah, saw like it, uh, in it. That one's really the, good. There was too. also uh, video games live. They also did. Yeah, that's where I saw that rendition at uh, video games live. That one's so good too. Oh, yeah. Man. So the I'm one really I excited. saw it at was in 2006. I went to play a video game symphony in Detroit, and they played uh, Hikari Orchestrated and Passion uh, Orchestrated. So that was that was awesome to hear together. Um, it was either Passion or was it Dearly Beloved? I'm pretty sure it was Passion. I'd have to. It's been so long, I can't even remember. But it was 2006, <laughs> so I'm assuming it was Passion because Kingdom Hearts was already out, or quote unquote Sanctuary. I'm so very excited that, for it. Yeah, for I'm sure. excited. I can't wait to see all the cool stuff they play. Here's hoping. Come on, please, 
do majestic wings give that song give that song some attention it's so good i love it please make a cd i just i want the cd that too please please, please i'll ex- i expect and a dvd CD. And, and a dvd and everything else like if everything you got there i will buy though something i'm a little concerned buy. about is what, what about what about first breath what's what's gonna happen to that because that seems like a super exclusive thing and it's like they're gonna do it, and then it's gonna be done, and then it's over, and then then we never got to hear those special uh, wind orchestra arrangements ever again. What? We'll I want to hear them. Find out. Wait and see. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I'm hoping they just don't leave that in the dust. I don't. I mean, personally, I don't care if I get to hear that in person ever, but I would like to like hear it, hear the arrangements at least and grab somehow. The CD. Maybe you'll yeah. find the CD when you're um, like looking for places. Exactly. So important we'll, stuff. We'll see. Hopefully, hopefully they do that. All right. So that pretty much wraps up the news. Uh, moving on to the feature discussion. So uh, I wanted to talk today about what we like about Unchained Key and specifically what we think would actually work well in Kingdom Hearts Three. Last episode, we talked about our initial impressions of of Kingdom Hearts Key and, or Unchained Key specifically and how we felt about it. And uh, in in that impressions, I said that I thought, while this game is not necessarily my cup of tea, I do see that there is a lot of really interesting ideas that are going on in there. And uh, I think I basically want to dive into that further is specifically what these interesting ideas are. And uh, we could talk about what we how we think they could be implemented in future games, because, you know, anytime there's a good idea, there might be uh you know, reason to reuse some of these ideas. So first things first, I want to talk about Keyblade upgrades because that's a big, that's a big part of uh, Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key is obviously the Keyblades and all that. So uh, what do you guys think about uh, Keyblade upgrades in Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key? How do you feel they change the way you play the game? I think it's, I mean, to me, I like it because it makes the, because you know how the Keyblades in the other games were just like, you know, it's already stats already there. You know, mm-hmm. so you have to choose which one you want to play with. You know, usually everybody goes with the stronger keyblade. Exactly. These ones, since these ones are all, you know, based on different, you know, elements. You know, except say yep. for the uh, Starlight one, which is a more of a balanced one. Yep. At least, but I like the way that when you upgrade them, they change in appearance, showing that they are stronger. So basically, you can keep using the same keyblade. You know, as you upgrade it. You know, that's the one thing I liked about um. How they had how they did it in days with the attachments and how you can go back and use like the Kingdom Key Plus, which is a stronger version yep. of the Kingdom Key. So I really like that and like because you know how we attach metals to the Keyblade. Like yep. imagine if like like how for example in Final Fantasy VII you attach materia to make you know to the weapons and armor. Yeah. Imagine attaching metals to the Keyblades in Kingdom Hearts Three to give like different types of elemental attacks or or status effects. You know to help with you know fighting enemies you know it gives a gives a different type of balance to how sora you know you want sora to attack yeah and I think speaking I'm towards that the, though yeah speaking towards that the other thing that i like about it is the fact that there are the elemental stuff and it you know and how that works into the fact that you're constantly using all the keyblades and in in the original kingdom hearts games the way keyblades would work is you know you get you, you know you use your keyblade that you have right now and then once you get the next keyblade you never use that last keyblade ever again unless you need it for like a really specific thing and it had like a power up that you wouldn't get otherwise but honestly 
for most casual players, they would never see a reason to go back to a prior Keyblade. But with the elemental side of things, uh, and, and the fact that there are Keyblade upgrades, and the fact that the stats of your weapon are more tied to the the metals you attach to it rather than the Keyblade itself, all those things combined make it so that you can use whatever Keyblade you want pretty much, and you're constantly using you know, all the Keyblades, not just the whatever the strongest one is. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's like, I don't know, I feel like because it's only three elements that you have in Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, like obviously mm-hmm. we'll have more in Kingdom Hearts 3, you know, with Thunder and Magnet and all that stuff. That's, it's it's going to be, if that was going to be in the game, it's going to be a lot more of like micromanaging because you're going to have to constantly upgrade it. And if you're under, like... It's like it's like grinding at the same time, but you're also grinding your your own level, but also your Keyblade's level, and that's a lot of stuff that you have to deal yeah. with. Because you might be under, you might be over leveled in your own character, but you might be under leveled in certain Keyblades, and that might be your downfall in beating a boss. Yeah, that that's definitely something that, yeah, they'll have to look into that. If, yeah, if they want to continue with that style with the whole elements thing, um, yeah, they'll have to look into that. So good point. So, uh, so yeah, Keyblade upgrades on the whole, do you guys think that would be a good idea for Kingdom Hearts 3 to spice yeah. things up with the Keyblades? I think it'd be good to it'd have. It would be good yeah. to have because, I mean, like I, say, uh, like I said, you know, Keyblades are a big thing, so I would love to see yeah. more done to Keyblades than what it is now. Exactly. So I think those are all good ideas. So the next thing I wanted to talk about is how uh, in Kingdom Hearts Key... You know, we were talking about the artists that were working on it and how, you know, how much attention to detail that they were putting into the characters and the the Heartless. Uh, I want to talk about the backgrounds and the worlds themselves. Something I really enjoyed and noticed about the, the backgrounds of Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key is how richly detailed they are. They are. Uh, especially consider how simplistic the, the art style is. Like, there's a lot of detail in there. And the worlds are actually surprisingly large for what they are. And there's a lot of different paths that you can take through the worlds. So something I wanted to I want to emphasize here is I'd really love to see this uh, level of attention to detail and this uh, sort of drive and this intention carry on to Kingdom Hearts 3. Now, it seems the, like that's the case. And, like, the worlds are going to be bigger than they ever were in the past. But... I think all too often these days when when we're dealing with, you know, games uh, pursuing larger and larger levels, uh, something we tend to see also is that while the levels get larger, the density of stuff in the levels gets smaller or they stay the same and don't don't also increase with the size of the world. So you get a lot of these empty expanses where there's really nothing going on in there. And I don't, while that might be fine for a game like, Final Fantasy 15, where it's an open world and you're supposed to explore and look for things. Uh, for Kingdom Hearts, it's always been more like smaller and and more compact together. So I feel like it's important that they're really densely detailed. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? Are there any like favorite worlds for you in Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key as far as like Day- how they're designed? Daybreak Town. Daybreak Town is actually really beautiful. Oh, so beautiful! Oh, and like, music. Really, like I love nice that. town, and it's just so sad. It was just like. It's just like I want this to exist, and it's so pretty. Um, yes. But even with the other worlds, like I thought that you know, being the same worlds as other, like as the games that we've played already, that mm-hmm. it would look too, like generic to me. But mm-hmm. 
It wasn't that bad with um like Agrabah. I thought Agrabah would like, you know, desert, sand, all that stuff, but they did like interesting stuff because they had more buildings and you can actually go in the buildings. Yeah. And you're actually on top buildings this time instead of, you know, being what on the ground floor. What I thought was pretty floor. cool was with uh with Wonderlands. You know, if you remember Wonderland and Kingdom Hearts 1, it was the you know, we were joking about it on the live streams, but like a lot of the rooms are just like these boxes. Like these weird yeah. cardboard cutout looking things. Yet in Unchained Key, it's this lush environment and you're jumping on top of plants and you're tiny. And like there, there's so much really cool ideas. And you're thinking like, wow, why wasn't Kingdom Hearts? Why didn't they think of this before? This is awesome. Like yeah. some, yeah, like with some worlds, definitely. It, mm-hmm. There's there was a lot of improvement with other worlds. Eh, not so much. Like with Olympus Coliseum, for example, it's pretty much cut and paste from from Kingdom Hearts One Olympus Coliseum. I really that, enjoyed, that sort of makes um, sense. I really enjoyed the Dwarf Woodlands with the, oh, the yeah. creepy forest. That was yep. like, yeah. wow. That I was, was that, just like, was, oh my god, that was that's really actually cool. terrifying. I like the uh, the house they live in. Have you seen Have you seen that? Because like in their their house, the Seven Dwarfs house is super creepy and super detailed. Like that to me blew me away. It's like man. That's I think it was that particular background that that made me first notice it. Like, whoa, this is actually really well painted because like it's a very deceiving art style because it's so simple looking. But when you really look at it, like, man, they really put in a lot of effort into these backgrounds. So I'm really impressed by that. So uh, I think I the think it would really be hard. Good. Yeah, would, I think it's hard to disagree that we would want this sort of thing thing in Kingdom Hearts three. Of course, we want more detailed worlds. That's what consumers always want. They want more. They want. I want it bigger. I want it better. I want more of it. So, so give me more. You know, that's that's how consumers are. So, of course, we want that. So, moving along, I want to talk about costumes, which is, you know, something that I guess that we have had kind of in, in prior Kingdom Hearts games with, uh, you know, with Halloween Town. You know, when, when we went there, we would get a special Halloween outfit there. And when you go to... Um, when you go to uh, Atlantica, you turn into a mermaid, and in Pride Lands, you turn into a lion. So, uh, yeah, in costume, in, in Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, they work a little bit differently. Uh, you can, you know, basically wear any costume wherever you want, and, uh, you know, it's, in the case of Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, the way, the most important part about costumes is this is you designing your character. It's a little bit different from the way a traditional Kingdom Hearts would have it, where you're modifying a character that has a design. In Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, you are effectively creating a character with these costumes. So it's a little bit different, but how do you guys feel about costumes? And where do you guys think uh, costumes could fit in, in a Kingdom Hearts game uh, like Kingdom Hearts 3, where you have characters that are already designed? Uh, do you think uh, it should you know, we should have costumes and how do you think, I, I think it would fit with the story? I think it's, I mean, like, I mean, in Kingdom Hearts 2, you know, they, you know, had it within the storyline of Sora getting new clothes, but yes. like, but like you can totally make it, you know, make, give them more clothes to wear without having effect in the storyline for a case, for yeah. example, uh, Final Fantasy 13 2, the clothes that you wear are pretty much just for show. You know, they have no, really no effect on the storyline. You know, and it's through DLC. But here, I mean, you can still make clothes for uh, Sora, Donald, and Goofy to wear without, you know, having paid DLC. You know, you can do it just to unlock, you know, certain things like side missions or 
you know, complete a, you know, a cup in, in the Olympus Coliseum. I mean, he, I mean, unless Nomura wants to go through another route where Sora, yeah, because, you know, Sora's already getting new clothing and he already said that, you know, there's going to be something about him getting new clothes. So mm-hmm. I think for something like this, they can probably put like another like storyline thing for him getting new clothes, but just. But I, but definitely, I could totally see him going the route. Just oh, just here's some new clothes for Sora to wear, and they have no effect on the storyline whatsoever. Yeah, that's definitely. A I possibility. think it just depends. Like I like costumes, and like Unchained Key is like the exception, just because you're like a generic character, and you build off of that. Exactly. But, like with for Kingdom Hearts, it was kind of like not like it was mandatory, but you weren't given a choice to be. Yo, I'm gonna stay in my like normal clothes or i'm gonna change into like halloween town stuff i would like mm-hmm. variation or in like how persona 4 was like you unlocked a bunch of certain like costumes and stuff mm-hmm. and that was cool and i wouldn't mind that like if you had like different like color schemes or like for halloween town like if if anyone's picked up that play arts the halloween town play arts you get like five different masks like that'd be cool to have to change mm-hmm. if i felt like it so yeah, for me personally, I would want it to be kind of like how it was in Kingdom Hearts 1, where it's, you know, it's your current costume is dictated by the world you go to, and whatever costume you get is something that fits with the world. So uh, I'm reminded of the uh, Kingdom Hearts manga, where they show Sora wearing a turban and he's wearing like a cape when he's in Agrabah. And I thought that was such a cool idea. Like, what if when you went to these worlds, you uh, dressed the part too, and you didn't just stick out like a sore thumb? Like, wouldn't it be cool if Sora looked dressed like a pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean? That'd be pretty awesome. Right. But I, would I love think that. at the same time, it would be super weird if Sora was dressed like a pirate and he went to Winnie the Pooh. Like, that would be kind of weird. What if I think it would make more sense if Sora looked like Christopher Robin in uh and winnie the pooh and you know sort of fit the part as opposed to uh you know just wearing a random hat winnie the pooh ears and uh fangs and and a turban all all at the same time and then you're in i don't know the world that never was in a a very important story cutscene and sora's wearing this stupid outfit like i personally would not like that 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 to me does goes against what I my image of Kingdom Hearts is where, you know, the story feels like it should be consistent with the visuals, and I think the costume and the characters are very important. So I think you know if they clash too much, that would sort of ruin my immersion. Uh, but I do like the idea that you know you could utilize costumes to do the opposite, where you even further increase the immersion, like with you know, a costume that would make you fit in, you know, make Sora dress like a pirate in Pirates of the Caribbean, make him look like, I don't know, a jungle boy in, in, uh, in Tarzan. Actually, I, I, I'm pretty sure there was even like concept art of Sora wearing a loincloth, like old concept art, uh, that was re- revealed kind of recently with Sora uh, surfing on the vine, just wearing a loincloth. Uh, so I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming that was probably an idea at some point, but obviously, for money reasons that can get com- kind of complicated especially if he's got like transformations and the like we were talking you were talking about with the masks that you can swap out for uh in Halloween town you know those masks were created because Sora could change drive forms in any world 
So basically, any costume that you introduce, you have to introduce variations. However many variations there are, you know, for each transformation this guy might have. So uh, it's definitely give and take. But I think at the end of the day, I think costumes could be used to improve Kingdom Hearts 3. But I think like a lot of these things, it would have to be done in a way that's different from Unchained Key. Because like you were saying, Sabi, with Unchained Key, the main character is, you know, it's a creator character. It's he, His or her involvement in the story is arbitrary. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter Like that your character is there. You don't say anything. You don't really have a character in Unchained Key. So you're free to make that character whoever you want them to be. But in Kingdom Hearts proper, Sora is a character and has an identity and changing the outfit and making him wear something ridiculous sort of defeats the, or sort of goes against the, the image of the character. But anyway, moving on, let's talk about side missions, because that's something we've actually talked about a lot recently on the podcast, is something we want to see for Kingdom Hearts 3 and future Kingdom Hearts games is side missions, and Unchained Key is all side missions, pretty much. So how do you guys it's feel about this? Of. Yeah, exactly. There's 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 nothing else. How do you guys feel about the missions that are in Unchained Key? And do you think that if Kingdom Hearts 3 were to have side missions, would you want them to be like the missions that we have in Unchained Key? Or would you want them to be a little bit different? Um, Personally, it's yes and no. Like, okay. no, if they're not going to be, if they're going to be repetitive. Like, okay, very, yes. very repetitive. It's and yes, because there are, you know, they can be challenging, especially when mm-hmm. there's like different, you know, um, requirements to get certain things, then you get it, you know, item for doing completing that requirement. Yeah. So if they got, re- you know, special requirements like say defeat this heartless with only the kingdom key, you know, with no accessories equipped, you know, then I would like that because that's a challenge. Yeah. You know, but if it's something like the saying, I don't know, like, like if it's really too repetitive with the with the mission with the requirements, then yeah, then I'll probably be turned off by it. Be, you know, just the way it is. I totally agree with you. I wouldn't really like if it's. I don't like the repetitive repetitiveness of these side missions because it's like you get to one point and it's like okay, go back here, but you have to take the same way back of like how many quests there would be. Um, yeah. As long as it's nothing timed, I hate timed side quests like that. Just <laughs> yeah. ruins things for me. I'm like, do not tell me how to do things within like two minutes or like beat this thing within like thirty seconds. Cough, cough. Devix battle. Nuh-uh. I was so mad at that. Um, yeah. But, like, I would... Like, yeah, just using, like, Kingdom Key, no, like, no accessories, that type of stuff, I'm down for. And, like, if it gives more of a challenge and it can help, like, boost certain things, then I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Something I, I would think maybe it might work for Kingdom Hearts 3 is if they took the format of the more important missions that we see in Unchained Key and use that as the format for the side missions in Kingdom Hearts 3. So for example, in a lot of these missions, especially the early ones, uh, the the formula that it would be is uh, a character in a Disney world needs help with something. They need to be uh, escorted through a certain area or they need you to find something uh, for them they need assistance with something and there's an actual story that goes along with it uh, I think that might be a cool framework for it you know have it more involved with the characters have a proper story with it 
And also, like Churro, you were saying, have it not be so repetitive. So instead of being, hey, l- l- bring uh, angry or th- grumpy, whoever that seven dwarf is, bring him through the mines. Part one through a million. Instead of that, let's just have it one part. <laughs> and that's it. Right. And just do it. Just do it in one go. You fight the Heartless. You bring him through. There's a little storyline that goes through it. Uh, it doesn't have to be super detailed with crazy cutscenes. Like, just something simple, a little bit of voice acting, nothing crazy, something like that. I would really appreciate it. Not a mindless, hey, uh, would you defeat Heartless in in the plaza in Daybreak Town? I'll give you a, or a child gum for it. Okay, I'll go fight the same Heartless I've been fighting all game, and, and then you'll give me that or a child gum. I don't think there's enough in that for me. I would personally want something uh, a little bit more story oriented. That's that that's what I would like to see. All right, so moving on. Uh, something I added in here was uh, having a normal attack that has an area of effect. So in Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, they have two types of normal attacks. Uh, the first kind of normal attack is your standard one where you attack one enemy and you can do a combo that way. But the second type of normal attack is where you sort of spin around kind of and you attack all enemies around you. Now, maybe that's a little OP in a proper Kingdom Hearts game, but, you know, maybe you do a spinning attack, a spinning normal attack that doesn't consume MP, doesn't consume AP or anything. You just have a area of effect attack and then a normal attack. And, you know, in at least in Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, they're useful for different reasons, uh, especially when it comes to trying to finish the battle in one turn. It's very useful to do that. Uh, area of effect attack so now that you guys have played through unchained key uh, at least a little bit and have probably used it what do you guys feel about that attack and you think that attack could be integrated into kingdom hearts 3 in a meaningful way like didn't we have attacks that would do like an area we've had abilities and things that would be we've had yeah with abilities equipped and things that you know that you would have to that would happen in the middle of a combo. I'm talking about the same way as you have, you press X and you do a normal attack. I'm talking like you press square or you press a different button and you get that attack in a combo whenever you want and you just execute that and it doesn't take up any MP, doesn't take up any AP, but it's not as powerful as a normal straightforward attack. You think that would add something to the combat? I think so. It'll be just you know it depends on the one of the 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 big complaints was um, one of the biggest complaints was button mashing and then that's why they put the reaction commands but then the reaction commands became so i don't know boring and yeah because you sort of you press the button once and then that's the end of it i think what i like about the normal the two different types of normal attacks is that unlike with reaction commands uh you know they're normal attacks and there are reasons for using each one and it's you know it's it's very useful and not always for doing the highest damage sometimes it's just to clear the room a, a little bit you, you know deal with all the enemies at once a little bit and i think that could be useful in kingdom hearts maybe it doesn't affect all heartless maybe it only affects heartless within a certain you know range of you but that could be really useful like could you imagine you know you're surrounded by shadows and you do the spinny attack and wham you know you're knocking the heartless back and maybe it's more for knockback than for uh than for actual damage just to you know you know there that's basically what i would like from this is that it would create 
more possibilities in the battle and not overtake any of the other ones. Like, you know, create solutions to problems that you might see in Kingdom Hearts when you're when you're battling. So just add more options and possibilities. So you guys think that would be cool to see, at least as an option, you know, because obviously yeah. it's an option in Unchained Key. I mean, if, if it's if it's going to, you know, try to change up the battle, then I'm all for it. Yeah. And uh, last thing I want to talk about is, and this is sort of broad because it doesn't directly apply to Kingdom Hearts 3, but uh, I like the idea that in Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, there are incentives for defeating Heartless quickly. Or in a sense, there's an incentive for playing very skillfully. So in the case of Unchained Key, it's turn-based. So there's this concept called one-turn triumph, where you defeat the Heartless within one turn. Uh, so And there's a lot of incentives that are based around you defeating certain Heartless or all the Heartless in an area in one turn. Obviously, since Kingdom Hearts isn't turn-based, and Kingdom Hearts 3 won't be turn-based, uh, it would have to be something different. But how do you guys feel if they added more incentives for playing more skillfully in Kingdom Hearts? Same thing, you know, if they're trying to change the way you play the game, then I'm all for it because, you know, just trying to butt mash your way through everything is not really playing skillfully. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, like, because, like, when you watch, when you, like, see, that's why I like watching speedrunners because, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they pretty much change the way you play the game. So it's like, exactly. Like, like, whenever I would see them, like, defeat a boss so easily, which I struggled because I just run in and start mashing, you know, attack and, reaction commands and met you know the magic here and there and they're just in there spamming everything you know and just you know knowing when to attack when knowing want to then it's like it's kind of like huh so that's how you literally play you know just watching speedrunners themselves take all these abilities magic keyblades you know into effect that shows you that they know how to play the game correctly (laughs) exactly and i think the key word here is that what what i'm saying here is that these are incentives not requirements so if you want yeah. to if you're if you know if you're if it's your five-year-old little brother taking over the controller for a little bit if he wants to he can still button mash but you know in kingdom hearts unchained key they don't forbid you from going over one turn but you are greatly incentivized to try to finish it in one turn so it, it sort of leads you in that direction but doesn't stop you from going it going your own way too so i think that could be a a cool balance there so, Savvy, how do you feel about incentives for defeating Heartless quickly or skillfully? Do you have any ideas I'm of how that can be done? I'm very to be honest. I feel mm-hmm. like, I, I think it's just, it's hard to, like, think about it in my head on how it would work. Yeah. Like, because then again, it's like, again, it's time-based, but, like, there's a lot of things that are, like, you know, to get, you know, like, double, triple, or, like, quadruple kills, like, you have to beat things within a certain time frame. Like, yeah. between, like like four seconds or something like that um which can like help but i feel like i feel like it'd be like a fun thing to do like it's like how many heartless can you kill like in a row that type of stuff but i think the goal would be to try to get people off of that x button like have them try to use some of the other cool abilities because i think something that you hear a lot from kingdom hearts 2 is oh i never used any of the magic or oh i never used any of the summons so maybe there could be, you know, some incentives around, hey, you cast, you know, X, you have to cast X amount of magic spells on this next fight or something like that. Or, uh, you know, you used uh, 10 or 10 different mo- or 10 movement abilities 
in this last fight. So like those aerial dodges that they have, you know, stuff like that. Try to get people off the X button. I think that's the goal. Because that's think sort of the go, like in the wrong way as well. Because like I think like the like I guess the OCD type of style in me is like I cannot. I cannot, I don't want to fail any task. Or like, you know, when yeah. you see something, you didn't complete it, it just goes red. You, I just get pissed off. I'm just like, <laughs> like, like I have to like restart this entire mission again and yeah. do this well, again to get that, like, that definitely the, is a consequence. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it's always optional. It's this, okay. would, this should never be something that limits you from playing. Like I was saying before, a five-year-old kid should be able to go through and he's obviously not going to know all these abilities. He's going to button mash. He should be able to get through the game just as well as anyone else. But Someone who plays more skillfully will be more rewarded, more incentivized. There's, you know, there's things in the game that try to lead you to more skillful play. Uh, but you can still play non-skillfully, but there are things that try to guide you in that direction. You know, maybe, maybe something as as obvious as you have to do 10 aerial dodges is probably too dumb because you could just jump up and do 10 aerial dodges and then fight with your button mashing ways. Obviously, that's probably not the best way of doing it, but something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe, hey, you need to uh, you need to hit the dark side in the face, but the only way you can get up to his face is if you use flow motion, something like that. And that te- that sort of incentivizes you. Hey, you should start using flow motion. And then you and then you see, oh man, flow motion is awesome. I can defeat all kinds of heartless this way. And then oh, now I'm using flow motion all the time. And that's that sort of thing incentivizes people to try new mechanics and not just button mash. But anyway, I think that pretty much wraps up our discussion. Moving on to our questions. Uh, the uh, If you guys want to have your questions featured on the show, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Our first question comes from Frank Savuka, and he asks, uh, Do you think we will see the release of Kingdom Hearts 3 Final Mix? In the age of DLC, I don't see the point in that since any extra content can just be released as add-on and as an add-on and players can pay just for that rather than having to pay for the whole game again but i certainly wouldn't put it past square enix to do that okay well it's kind of hard to say just because like the way that kingdom hearts has done final mixes has been a little bit more different than let's say other games that do dlc and then they release like a game of the year edition because Mm -hmm. you can Obviously, you can buy the DLC separately, but with Kingdom Hearts, it's like they added a lot of different features, a lot of different cutscenes, which I wouldn't say that it should be released as DLC to buy because it's like it's you're adding more to the story, yes, but like for Kingdom Hearts 2, they added all like the data fights, which is cool that would I would see that something like that as a DLC type of thing, but you know, different types of like the different color schemes for Heartless or the just the, the extra cutscenes to kind of like um to kind of like flow of the story a little bit more that type of thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't like I would be okay with it. Like we probably will see a final mix version of it, but I don't think it'd be kind of like how like a game of a year edition of games that you see out today. But do you think they're going to make you buy the original, buy the game outright? Do you think it's going to be an entirely separate release and you have to pay another 60 bucks for it? I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, I, I, think, can't, I, think I, can't, I can't really... Because I think it'll be a DLC, honestly. Because yeah, yeah, that's what I'm going to say. That's where probably will DSL will come yeah. into play. You know, instead of redoing the whole game, you know, re- then remarket it. It's just, hey, you know, 
we release some new content it's on dlc you know enjoy for and, it, and, it's, and it's like they can just release it you know whenever they you know for both for all regions almost at the same time now you know it's like they don't yeah. have to wait for anything and on top of that they, from a financial they'll... standpoint they don't yeah. have to you know spend money on uh you know shipping out more discs printing more discs getting getting them in short store shelves and all that that's so, that's so messy these days so yeah uh but other than that i think the kind of content that has been in final mixes to me personally feels like the kind of stuff you'd see in dlc like uh like secret bosses i could see that in in dlc uh but i think you bring up a good point as something that probably wouldn't fit so well in dlc is the cutscenes that they add in the middle of the game to sort of flesh out the story because that just seems kind of weird like yeah that seems like, like more, more of a thing that would only work on final mix yeah it's like pay more to watch this yes or like like no not really like, I, I i think it's fine if they added like a like kind of like in uh birth by sleep final mix how there's an entire enclosed separate episode and that's an entire storyline and it's an extra story that adds on to it but having story that just like having random cutscenes that are added randomly throughout the game, I think that would be weird. I don't think that would work for yeah. DLC because it's like, oh, how do I get to see that cutscene? Oh, you have to restart the game or like just have having it randomly throughout the game. I don't think that would work. But if it was like, hey, uh, there's a you know that character that you only saw in a cutscene, you can fight them now. Go to this world at this under these conditions and you'll encounter them and you'll have a little story moment with them or something like that and it's something separate that has an entire encapsulated story it's, it can't be something that's like spread out throughout but yeah i think like some of the other things you're mentioning like alternate colors for the heartless you know secret bosses stuff like that 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 they could probably do in dlc that's fine yeah uh so yeah i think that pretty much covers that and sabi you want to take this next one so this is from Nico Gonzalez. Since you're incredibly involved in the Kingdom Hearts community, how do you handle spoilers when a new KH game comes out? When 358 over two days and Birth by Sleep first launched in Japan, I was spoiled because I was active in the forums, which could be my own fault. Do you look up the spoilers for yourselves because it's too hard to resist, or does the community spoil it for you? Will you spoil Kingdom Hearts 3 if it launches in Japan first? All right, so I think these are all good questions. I'll just say, for me personally, uh, I'm gonna do my best not to get spoiled. I didn't. I was able to avoid all spoilers for Kingdom Hearts 3D, thankfully, uh, before it came out, so that was good. Um, it, but I know, I know you guys maybe handle things different. Churro, I know you just go for all spoilers. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm you just you look up everything. Spoilers. I look up everything. Like like I said, I've been involved in this for for, for almost. 14 years now so at this point it's just like spoil a damn game for me you just like just come at me you know yeah <laughs> i so, could care less sabby how do you feel about spoilers I'm not as picky like i would prefer not to be spoiled unless like i'm going to play through and know enough but there are certain things that like especially of like it, if it changes the entire like gameplay of what kingdom hearts is going to be then i would have to know because i like, unfortunately, because we are part of the Kingdom Hearts community and we do this type of podcast and stuff, mm-hmm. we kind of have to know about it. Yeah. And it sucks, but. But do you happens. go Do you go out of your way to find these things or do you, like, you I, know, just, just if, wait if to I see when to, it comes? I, really, I, I will go and find it myself. Like, okay, I don't. Gotcha. I, I'm, not, I'm not picky on spoilers. Like, if people spoil me, I'm just like, okay, that's fine. 
and then yeah. I'll just read up on it later and make sure it's true. Gotcha. So yeah, for me personally, I'm going to try to go uh, on total blackout mode if if there is a point where spoilers could come out, especially if they're in another region. So uh, what, what I want to talk about is the last question, because I think I have some new ideas about how I want to approach spoilers in the future. And it's we're going to have to deal with this earlier than we have earlier than Kingdom Hearts 3, actually. So in the case of like Kingdom Hearts 2.8, for example, that's going to be coming out at the end of the year. You know, what happens if Kingdom Hearts 2.8 comes out in Japan? Well, I'll just say, you know, flat out, we're not going to talk about it. If it's not out in the U.S., we're not talking about it. That's what we've been doing with uh, Unchained Key. Uh, I still don't know what to do with Unchained Key because the story isn't done yet. But it is out in America, but it's not done yet. And it's like, when is it going to be done? And can we wait long enough until after it's done to start talking about it? I don't know. So that's 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 a question mark. But for 2.8 and what I'm assuming would be what we do for Kingdom Hearts 3, what I'm planning is uh, usually when a game comes out and, you know, again, not, not including Unchained Key, but like a normal... A complete game that comes out what we'll do is on the episode that comes after it's released we'll do a review and we'll talk about it and we usually do entirely spoiler free impressions of the game we'll give a score give our recommendations about it what we like what we don't like without revealing anything and that's what we've been doing in the past uh what i'm in what i would like to do is for these next games that will be coming out is we'll do that again and but as an entirely separate recording, so you have to go out of your way for this to listen to it, but it's an entirely separate thing. We, we would record a spoiler cast where everything, absolutely everything about the game is fair game and we can discuss everything. But outside of any recording that is clearly denoted as containing spoilers, outside of that, we will not cover spoilers in the general podcast uh, until at least a year after release, which is what we've been doing in the past, is we would wait, once the game is out, we would wait a year, and then we would do a uh, full-on spoiler discussion. Uh, I don't think that really works anymore these days if we want to stay relevant in in discussions. Uh, so what I want to do is I want to have a spoiler cast for these games, and it's going to come out you know, the uh, around the time the game comes out, but it's going to be an entirely separate recording. There'll be a massive disclaimer at the beginning. Hey, by the way, this is uh, a spoiler cast for Kingdom Hearts 2.8. If you haven't already played this or you don't care about spoilers uh, or, or you care about spoilers, uh, don't listen to this. Uh, listen to the other normal episode, which has no spoilers in it uh, until you've completed it. You've been warned, that sort of thing. So that's that's what I'm thinking so far. Do you guys think that's fair? You know, very have fair. a separate yeah. recording altogether. Yeah, that's fair. So that's what I'm thinking. So just so we can stay relevant in the community, like Sabi, you were talking about, like we have to talk about these things, and I want to be more on the ball about these things. The only, the only thing that is, I'm still not sure how we're supposed, to, how we should handle it, is Unchained Key because of the nature of the way it releases. Uh, so as of right now, we are still spoiler-free on Unchained Key. As you've noticed, we haven't really talked about the story at all. And uh, part of it is the fact that I haven't really experienced much of it uh, firsthand. I've seen some of it online, but uh, at some point we may we may do a spoiler cast for Unchained Key once more of the story is out or once the story is complete. I would say 
definitely once the story completes we'll have a spoiler cast that much i'll say but uh yeah as far as general podcasts go uh i want to say spoiler free for at least a year after the game releases or in the case of unchained key once the story finishes just to give people a chance and then spoilers are fair game so i think that pretty much wraps up our show today for the music for this episode i have an awesome arrangement of always on my mind from kingdom hearts and i thought i love it yeah this is this one's very rarely addressed because it only really appears in one game but it's one of my favorite songs and this is a uh a a sextet string recording i thought it would be also cool to have like a more orchestrally kind of arrangement because of uh the the news we talked about today but also i picked this song because we're going to be finishing kingdom hearts one bottle mix on the deep dive streams and as you know always on my mind plays during the ending of kingdom hearts so uh so yeah always on my mind on strings done by uh chris amatarasu on youtube check him out it's really cool uh as for our next show the next kingdom hearts union is scheduled for the uh third oh no that's that's the wrong date not the third of may that's when this episode comes out the next kingdom hearts union actually comes out may 17th may 17th so check it out in two weeks from the day this releases uh, and the next Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive stream is coming this Saturday, May 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, check us out, twitch.tv slash khunion. Go follow us there right now so you'll be notified when we go live. And like I said, we're finishing up Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Don't don't miss it. Be there or be square, Enix. So, And also, as a reminder, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Woohoo! Yay! Yay! And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. And remember, you guys can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com, slash FFKHUnion. And if you want your questions featured on the show, please send us your questions to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, guys. It's that time again. It's goodbye time. Already? It's already goodbye time. It's nice to be back. It's been a while. Yeah. Yes, it's been nice to have you back. We've missed you so dearly. Everybody keeps asking about you on the deep dive streams. Like, where's where's Sabby? Where's Sabby? She's been she's been taking taken from us by this terrible thing called school. Oh She's been in the realm of darkness known as school. But don't worry. Uh, Mickey has gone to save her, and she's—he's carrying a diploma. Yeah, it's like a, he's a giving degree, me my rather. degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that'd be pretty awesome if the person handing you your degree had Mickey ears on oh and my was God. like, I'm gonna "Don't ask worry, Riku, do I'll help hope you." <laughs> I just hope—I just hope the first place he brings you to isn't Castle Oblivion, because that's a whole—that's a whole no, can of worms after it's a that. Mess. Speaking of Castle Oblivion. Next, next deep dive stream. Well, next, next deep dive stream. We'll be doing Kingdom Hearts: Chain of Memories. So, that's another thing to watch out for. But anyway, say your goodbyes. Say your goodbyes. Bye, Bye guys. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Mm-hmm.